Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe all with an eye towards helping you to be more conscious and live a better life. Hello, Stephanie. Oh my God, do you know what I love so much? In this, mo- in this month of changing it up, that you actually very slightly changed up the intro, which is so perfect. Okay, what, what did, how did I change it? Tell me. I don't know, but there's something at the end was just oh, helping something I live to, become, I, to live a, Helping you to live a more oh, conscious life. with an eye life. towards okay. yeah, inspiration. No, but I love this. No, no, I love this. Okay, so it's I'm perfect. like, oh, we should start over. Okay, because what are we doing in these these times that we're living in that are so crazy? We're staying bouncy and we're going with the flow, right? No, it's it's so meta for this month of November about <laughs> just like shaking it up, changing it up, trying on new things, like getting outside of like an assumed always rhythm. So I think it's perfect. Okay. Well, thank you. And welcome to November, everybody. (laughs) We're going to unpack the month. And I got to tell you, I'm happy to be in November energies because eclipse month and October was such a doozy and with so much going on in the world. And hopefully what we can do here is give you some insight and guidance to help maybe smooth the way forward. So let's dig into November and let's start by talking about the first week because we've got a lot going on during that first week. We've got Saturn stationing direct and then we've got some oppositions which could have us feeling like we're going in two directions at one time. So let's start with Saturn going direct in Pisces. Of course, anytime a planet uh, shifts and goes direct or retrograde, it amplifies the energies. Saturn is in Pisces. So it's amplifying those very strong Piscean themes. So what do you think, Stephanie? Yeah. So Saturn in Pisces, strong Saturn in Pisces, right? So Saturn going direct, as you said, on November 4th, it's been retrograde since mid-June. Strong Saturn in Pisces, you know, really about creating foundation and structure related to things like water. Mm. I mean, just first off, like maritime issues, the seas, you know, also looking at you know, what may become more prevalent in our awareness is issues like our boundaries, mm. codependence, enabling, and things like that. And I think, like, the Pisces piece aside, anytime Saturn stations, it's really strong in our awareness that the way to move forward is to move forward slowly. Yeah. Taking accountability, you know, dotting our I's, crossing our T's, because if not, if we rush forward and we cut corners, we likely will um, be more ready to experience the consequences. So what yeah. about you in terms of what, when we think about Saturn and strong Saturn in Pisces, what comes to mind for you? Well, I think, you know, this is where with Saturn there, we're going to see the weaknesses in the systems, whatever. And I think here we are talking about Pisces, the water and all that kind of stuff. When we're talking about Pisces, you know, that relates to themes around spirituality, gurus, like you said, the oceans, fish, and so 
there's going to be this energy about Saturn wants to know that those structures, those boundaries, as you say, are safe and secure. And Saturn doesn't like anybody to overreach or overstep. So this would be a time I would think personally that it would be a great time to be looking at, you know, those watery structures in your life. And of course, you're going to experience this on the house that you have Pisces in. Um, what do you need to square up? What do you need to shore up? What do you need to kind of like get together so you're feeling, dare I say, more secure? And it's going to show up again in those kind of watery places, emotions, feelings, your spirituality, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's so good. As you were talking to, I was thinking about like, I don't like to say the dark side, but like the things (laughs) that, you know, in each of the signs that we need to look at, right? And with Pisces in terms of it being perhaps idealistic or really connecting to others and their sense of suffering, sometimes we do, you know, Pisces can go into victim or martyr Mm. mode, you know, or feeling oppressed or being, you know, so I think we also need to really look at that in terms of for ourselves and those boundaries within ourselves and how we identify with that or see that out in the world. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Pisces, of course, is a sign of illusion. And when the world doesn't meet Pisces rose-colored glasses and watery illusions, then Pisces gets very disillusioned and kind of falls, you know, into it, like what you're calling that dark Pisces side of kind of the victimization and martyrdom. I think you know, one of the ways maybe to look at this is to work with Saturn. You know, if you work with those Saturn energies, even though it may feel like it's restricting you in some ways, Saturn does offer rewards. So if you could take the Saturn energy and build those structures and, you know, be conscious of those boundaries, at some point it's going to pay off. I also think that what's really lovely about the Saturn and Pisces energy is if you work with it right, Saturn can provide this lovely container for like your creativity, your imagination, your spirituality, but you can't have any cracks in the container. Yes, exactly. Or the water will leak. (laughs) Exactly. And that all the hard work will just disperse outward. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, this first week of November, like I'm just going to Go really slow, you know, move really leisurely, like check, you know, check off my list, like all the things that are important in terms of forging strong foundation and and making sure things are in alignment. So at least that's my commitment, right? Yeah, that's a good commitment. It's like just be looking for the leaks, right? Looking for the leaks. Looking for the leaks. Hashtag. Hashtag, right? And well, and just to add into the week, we also have a couple of oppositions happening. And, you know, oppositions are when planets are opposite each other. And so you've got both energies, two sides of the same coin, but sometimes you feel like you're going in opposite directions. So we have the Sun and Jupiter opposition on the second, and then we have a Venus and Neptune opposition on the third. So you, if there's a feeling of like, am I coming or am I going? Let's start with the Sun-Jupiter opposition. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's this bit, this potential to like want to go big, right? And want to expand and everything seems really possible. And there is that, there is that potential. Things are enhanced or they're enlarged. You know, the concern with that is that everything seems bigger we could possibly, but like Saturn's right there on its heels. So, um, I think that that's something that we just need to like think about what's possible, but what's also realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the Neptune-Venus opposition on the third, right, there is that, you know, desire for, you know, the valuing of the dream, right, or the valuing of the ideal. I think it's a beautiful time for, like, inspiration through art or soulfulness mm-hmm. or spirituality or compassion. I think we just have to be careful not to get lost in the sea mm-hmm. of our own imagination, mm-hmm. notably when it comes to a relationship. Ah, yes, yes, right. Because we have that Venus in there. And, you know, Neptune, as we were talking a little bit about Pisces, can be a bit codependent. Neptune wants to merge with you. It wants it instead of you and me, it becomes the we. And so maybe look for that kind of merging aspect. Am I overmerged in my relationships? Again, I'm going to bring up the boundary word. Do I need to look at new and different boundaries around my relationship? The other thing thing about that Sun-Jupiter opposition, it is in the polarity of um, uh, Scorpio, the Sun is Scorpio and Jupiter and Taurus. So it does bring in those Scorpio-Taurus themes a bit of like, where's your security? You know, where are you grounding yourself in the material realm? Where are you grounding yourself in the spiritual realm? So those themes will be active as well. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really that between that Sun, Jupiter, and that Pisces, and that Neptune, like this sense too of like, what are our beliefs and Mm. our truths? And to like, yes, be in them, but you know, how much space do they take up, right? Do they leave space for other people and their own beliefs and their own truths? So... Yeah. I think it's kind of a a week, the first week of the month, just no sleeping at the wheel. It's a great time to be mindful, conscious, because I just think there's going to be some ins and outs here. So let's also look at, well, next on my list, I have, well, speaking of Scorpio, we've got the Scorpio new moon on November 13th. And that's also the same day that we have the sun Uranus opposition. So we're bringing in some of that Uranus energy into the Scorpio new moon, which could, you know, our friend Uranus is like, you know, anything can happen, you know, expect the unexpected, shocking things. You have to be really open with that Uranus energy to looking at things differently. Yeah. And I think like proactively going into that in terms of we can to recreate, to reinvent. I'm also just Mm -hmm. thinking back to like the beginning Mm -hmm. of this podcast, right? (laughs) Like we, you know, there was off script, but like, that's great. Like maybe we found a new beginning, right? (laughs) So I think that like giving ourselves permission to experiment. Yes. And even if like every month you make a new moon intention and, you know, you have certain rituals. Well, this month I would definitely think like instead of staying in the box or too staying too constrained with that, like how else or what else, you know? And again, because Uranus is that like, (gasps) didn't see it coming, (laughs) didn't didn't, didn't have it on my bingo card. Like there is some of that. But again, I think it's like, that faith that like you have built enough resourcefulness within yourself, within, you know, your community around you that like, if things didn't go as planned, like, 
okay, I'll, you know, it could be a little shocking, but I'll figure that out, right? It's that yeah. whole notion of like having that faith that I will figure it out. And again, I think going proactively into what do I want to shake up here? Mm. Like what new pattern do mm-hmm. I want to create? Like how do I mm-hmm. want to literally or figuratively move the furniture around? Yeah. Yeah, it was a great time to be playing around with that. And I love that you're bringing up the idea of what are your resources? To me, that's so Scorpio. I mean, your resources, you may have to dig in a little bit, but to know that you do have those resources there. And also, we've got to mention just like a couple days before the new moon, we've also got that Mars-Uranus opposition, Mars, the planet of, well, war, among other things. It's the warrior planet, movement, desire, and it's going to be opposite Uranus. So here we have this other aspect to Uranus as it's playing into the mix a bit. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> Mars Uranus is always can be explosive, yep. right? And also yep. just really knowing, like, not knowing, like, where the explosion sort of might happen, right? So how do you connect to, you know, I would say moving Mars mm-hmm. in a different way or allowing yourself to not be so tight with, oh, this is what I value or this is what I desire, Mm -hmm. like allowing yourself to be surprised by, you know, what turns you on, like what gets you (laughs) stoked, what has you be in movement. And, you know, that Mars too is so strong. I mean, it pulls into that new moon. It actually comes exactly with the sun on the 17th. And so we, which is interesting because that's the day, at least in the United States, that like if the if the Congress doesn't pass a bill, like the government, the, sh- the government shutdown is the nineteenth. Hopefully, like that will not That's happen. So you know that feels so Mars Uranus to me. That feels yeah. so Mars Uranus to me. And yeah, I'm glad you're bringing up the seventeenth because with the, we then have the Sun Mars conjunction, and you know it's a time to kind of like champion, you know, what you're, you know, what you feel is important and not to just sit around waiting for things to happen. And maybe fighting the good fight is a good way to channel that energy. Definitely. I mean, because it does feel like it's like that out of the gate running energy, I would say probably that whole week. But yep. and again, right, doing it different, like, okay, like, this is what's important to me. This is what's really lighting me up. You know, maybe I usually just like quickly act and I go do it. Maybe I'll do that a different way. Maybe I never act in terms of like, what's really important to me. Maybe the new way is like, actually being in motion. Mm. But I do think especially right when we have that Sun Mars conjunction or the Mars Kazemi, um, that Mars is that a Kazemi? Is, yes. Are we talking Kazemi here? Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay, Mars, Mars Sun Kazemi. Just to, for for our listeners, just say the the little bit about Kazemis. Yeah, so the Kazemi is whenever a planet is very close to the sun in a conjunction. So it's in the heart of the sun. And when it's really close, those hours on either side of the exact conjunction, there's like, like almost as thoughts as if like the sun burns off some Mm. of the sort of lower level energetics of the planet. So it really just heightens its purity. So it's really that purity of like going for it digging in, finding out where, what really fuels you, you know, that sense of desire and sort of cutting that cutting through. So, but there's a lot of energy at our disposal. And I do feel like if we just sit and are in stasis, Mm. or we're like, wait, things have to go according to plan, according to my bingo card, like, it then that Mars explosive anger energy can get unleashed. And that can be, um, 
a little bit combustive. Yeah. I think it's a real trigger point for sure, you know, about like, again, and we've talked about this before, but this is a Marsy, Uranusy week here. And, you know, looking for those triggers where you, you know, feel like, like the other day I was saying to somebody, I'm having a tenth temper tantrum because things are not going my way. And I felt like that was very kind of a Mars, Uranus kind of thing. Like, what? The universe is not giving me exactly what I want. I'm going to have a temper tantrum. And so it's learning to kind of work with those energies and look for those trigger points and don't go into reactionary behavior and anger during that time. Yeah. Or express your anger as healthfully as possible, yes, right? Yes. Also Use not it. like contain it. I mean, cause it is also like Mars and Scorpio, right? Right. But, and I think with that too, <laughs> just remembering like, you know, Mars and Scorpio might want to just be like, I'm angry. I'm going to slice and dice you, right? Or right. I'm going to like, you know, use that stinger right. or, you know, or throw this. I've had this secret bomb. I'm just going to throw it at you. So it's like, okay, maybe we don't have to, we don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> but maybe we want to use that Mars energy to really like, like find hidden things, mm. like dig below the surface, like uncover the secrets, like reveal the mysteries. It feels like a beautiful time to like, in yes. a protective way, like dance in sort of the, the occult or the, like the beautiful, like life mysteries of the universe. Oh yeah, no, I love that. And yeah, I think it's being very mindful with, with your movement. I always, you know, I have some Scorpio in my chart and I always say that the, the idea of like, you're dead to me. <laughs> Like when Scorpio gets frustrated, it's like, I'm cutting you off. So no cutting people off, no cutting traffic off, just really breathe and allow that Mars sun energy to really move you forward in some creative ways. Yeah. Well, can I piggyback on that? You sure can. But I'm thinking about that, like, don't cut off, but also what... What is toxic or what is expired from your life that you could dispose of, right? Mm. Feel like you could like flush it, you know, here's some Scorpio words, flush away, like flush you down the toilet or, you know, just like exude, like not exude, but like extinguish and release. Purge, that's the word, purge. Purge, purge. And you know, that's that beautiful Scorpio transformation, right? You know, if we let go of what we need to let go of, then we can have that new beginning and that transformative energy. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, I, it'll be, it'll be very interesting when we can all like converse on the other side of all that. And again, I'm saying that not because like <gasps> it's bad or terrifying, but more just like it could be so to use that, what you're speaking of, like so transformative. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, it was interesting because I was talking to a client earlier today and she's like, sometimes I almost get scared listening to your podcast because everything always sounds so intense. And what do I do? And I, and I said to her, you know, what the whole point of astrology and knowing where the planets are is so you can be aware and work with it. And there are treasures in these, you know, these things going on if you know how to work with the movement and the energy. Love it. Love it. All right. So let's shift gears for a minute and talk about the Gemini full moon. Now, it's not just a Gemini full moon. We also have a Mercury-Neptune square. Now, remember, squares are when planets are in conflict. And Mercury, communication, you know, intellectual clarity, and Neptune, confusion. So it might be kind of like... I'm looking for clarity, but not so much. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So five days after the sun goes into Sagittarius, which is on the 22nd, on the 27th, 
is that full moon and that like Mercury Neptune square. So Gemini full moon every year just feels like getting the information and insights, like learning Gemini that help you to see a broader picture or create meaning or understand meaning or have more of a philosophical sort of contextual view of life. But to your point, like there's Mercury, which is the ruler of Gemini square Neptune. So it does feel like the way to do that, to get those insights, that inspiration is not just through like logical means, right? It's through like art or meditation or journaling or dance or tarot or, you know, <laughs> just like, or your dreams, right? Like not just to rely upon like left brain logic, because if not, there it feels like there's just going to be like a cloudiness that overtakes yeah. us yeah. and like, like illusion or disillusionment. So, but I do still think like, you know, Gemini is a lot of energy and then there, that Mercury just like feet on the ground, like watch your surroundings, just like be inspired, but also just like remember, oh, there's a red light coming up. Right. And as you're talking about like the, you know, left brain, right brain, you know, the Neptune brings in that intuitive thinking. So, you know, it's a wonderful time to kind of balance like what the intellect and Gemini and Mercury is saying with also what you're feeling, what's in your intuition, like maybe allowing yourself to really feel into things and explore things from more of an intuitive or spiritual or creative perspective. And there could be great insight there. Exactly. Right. So yes. again, but a little bit tricky. That Maybe that would be the theme for November would be tricky. Tricky. <laughs> <laughs> so much happening at once. Okay. The other thing I think that we should note is at the end of the month or towards the end of the month on November 29th, we do have the Venus South Node connection. And that is in the sign of Libra. And let's talk a little bit about that because it's interesting. We've got Venus and those big Venus themes going with the the South Node. And of course, the South Node is a karma point. It represents more of what we're letting go of, what we're moving out of. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I can't help but wonder that, again, that the in, the invitation is to look at perhaps like, where is my orientation to relationships mm-hmm. or the things that I like give precedence to in terms of values? Like, where is that coming just from an instinctive or a habitual perspective, but where maybe it like keeps me too sort of stuck in patterns, mm, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe that's something, you know, maybe there's that sense also of like a little deja vu. I always feel like when the South Node or North is strong, there's like that deja vu sense. Right, um, right. But yeah, that's what I sort of am planning to do is like look <laughs> at, and especially because, you know, it's in Libra, right? right it's right. like to look at like what are those in sort of, those places where I just kind of am so deeply etched in terms of how I orient to my alliances that like they're true to me in one respect, but they keep me small. Right. Good. I think that's an excellent way of, of, of describing that or looking at it. And, you know, I, I would, I would also add, you know, it's like maybe breaking old patterns. I love that. You know, like, do you have like a relationship pattern? Like I normally do this, I normally do that, but is it really serving me? You know, so the whole, the whole goal I think here is to look at how can we evolve this? 
you know, the potential yes. to evolve, but to evolve it, you're going to have to look at it and then look at, you know, where that, you know, as you're saying, the letting go needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important too with the the letting go energy is again to as much as possible to be like an agent or an advocate for the letting go because also like Venus South node, we want to make sure that like things aren't let go of beyond our control, you mm. know, that we don't lose things or things mm. don't lose their value. So, I mean, again, that doesn't mean everyone's going to have that experience, but that's something to just keep an eye on your possessions around the end of the month. <laughs> and it could also be like maybe the keep an eye on your possessions is like my instinctive thing because it's like right after Thanksgiving before Christmas and Hanukkah, like, you know, my instinctive thing is just to spend a lot of money on holidays presence it's like that's a losing or a letting go so maybe it's another like looking at that in terms yeah. of like the value that we attribute in terms of like our patterns of spending in terms yes. of gifts and things like that i think that is right on you know because venus also rules you know what we value and so to have the opportunity to redefine that a bit i think is what a great Just, way to kind of get the holidays started yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And maybe save some money in the process. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I was just, as you were talking, I, I, I looked over and I, I, I saw something in my notes and I actually think perhaps this is a better word than tricky. How about complex? Mm, and complex. that was one of the things as we were like, you know, getting ready for the show and talking about things. I think that was a word that came up a lot. Like it's complicated out there. It's complex. There's a lot of different nuances. And really, I think to some degree, what we're all working on is how do we stay in these, com the complexity, right? And not get overwhelmed. How do we negotiate the complexity? Yeah, which feels like a really good lesson right now for like humanity, because life is complex. And it feels like we're just like, erring towards like conflation rather than holding the different strands of complexity. So yes, for sure. For sure. Are you ready for a tarot card? For tarot card, this is going to be interesting. I, I'm ready for a tarot card, always. <laughs> always, and you're going to pick. So I am um, shuffling, 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 and then Stephanie's going to tell me when to stop. She's tapping in, and then whenever she tells me to stop, that will be the card for the month. Okay, I'm going to count down. Okay. I'm going to do it, di to do it differently. Like, okay. we'll keep with that. Shaking it up. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one now. Now. Okay. We have the moon card. We've had the moon card before. Yeah, like we love the moon. And, you know, moon is actually ruled by Pisces, which is... You know, we're talking about Saturn and Pisces. So in the tarot, the moon is very much the energy of that kind of, you know, the moonlight and that energy or that, the, you know, in the moon, we, can, we, we can't really see the light or the light is very different. And so the moon card is very much about illuminating the darkness and really looking at what do we need to do to bring light into those, into our dark side of our moons and the moon energy. Energy represents like feelings, emotions, the past, family of origin. And so that moonlight can be, you know, here we are talking about illusion. It can be illusionary, moonstruck, spellbound. And so with this card, sometimes we, we get very confused about 
what's real, what's not real. And in the card, they, they talk about, you know, that the moon is associated with the underground. And sometimes we need help in negotiating those dark underworlds. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like I just can't get clarity, I'm out of sorts, get, get some, your trusted friend or advisor or family, pull them in to help you kind of understand and bring their light to the situation. The thing about the moon card, it's a yummy card from the standpoint of it really highlights the idea of illumination and wisdom from the darkness, but you got to be willing to swim in those waters and not get, not get lost. And that's what I would say is the tricky part or wait a minute, the complicated part. I love that. The complicated, <laughs> complex part. I love that it's the moon card. I mean, one, because you just said that it's ruled by Pisces and that's strong Pisces in the beginning of the month with Saturn, but also those moons, those lunations mm, this month. I mean, especially so that Scorpio new moon with Mars and Uranus feels like that, like central focus. It does. It so does. I really, I love, I love that we yeah. got that. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Okay. Yay. Yay. Okay. So, so what you got going on? What should I, what I got going on? I got to tell you, I kind of like am not doing a whole lot between now and the end of the year. I've had so much going on. I thought, you know, I need to catch up with myself. Now that doesn't mean, of course, I'm going to be seeing clients and be doing my coaching and all of that kind of good stuff, which you can find out more on my website at meganskinner.com. I'm also shifting some stuff around social media and how I market and do stuff like that. So if if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, do so because that's a great point of access. But I got a lot in the hopper here. So um, I'm just kind of stepping back and getting everything ready because in December, I am going to launch a new project. Ooh, I'm going to be like, do tell, but not yet, right? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay yeah. tuned. Can't wait. Can't wait. And what about you, Steph? <laughs> Yeah, well, most of the month, um, it's very Uranus, like changing it up. Most of the month of November, I'm going to be traveling and visiting family and visiting friends. I'll still be doing work remotely, which is, you know, besides from my seeing my clients in Seattle one day a week. So, um, I'll still be doing client sessions, but I'll be doing it from different locations. Uh, crazy the traveler, month. you. <laughs> so, so I'm really, really excited about that. And, you know, doing more and more work folding in the family constellation work with the astrology. So um, yeah, it's like friends, family, travels, just continuing on. Shopping, you know, Christmas, to, holiday shopping. Well, or not, right? Or not, exactly, right. With the know, like, working on our boundaries, all that. <laughs> all, <laughs> Go, those things. all those Follow, things. Following our advice <laughs> for the month, all of yeah, those things. We do try to do that, right? All right. Well, gosh, thank you so much, Stephanie, as always. And thank you to all of our listeners out there. And you can reach us, as always, at SoDivine.us. Don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know where you're at, anything you're looking for, and to reach out to both Stephanie and I through our websites. Yes. And yes, big thank you to you, Megan. Big thank you to all of you listening and all of you who have shared our podcast with your friends and your family and, and colleagues. Big thanks to you and bigger thanks to in terms of this month of Thanksgiving. And of course, really want to thank our producers, Nick Patrie and Sebastiano Tecchio, who we could not do this without. See you in December. Bye.